0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. It's great to be back. And for our first item today, we are wondering is it a case of sour grapes over losing out on the top job in the OPP, or is it a legitimate complaint over political interference in a key law enforcement position that could undermine the integrity? Of the force. The controversy over the appointment of Superintendent Ron Tavener as the OPP's next commissioner has escalated into a formal request for the province's ombudsman to review his hiring and delay his start date. The request is coming from Brad Blair, the interim commissioner of the Ontario Provincial Police, the guy who lost out on the job. And among the key points that he brings up, he says the government lowered the qualifications for the job partway through the hiring process, presumably to make way for Tavener, and the Premier's Chief of Staff, Dean French, who we have heard about before, and who was supposedly on the hiring committee, walked out uh, before Blair was even interviewed, and that suggests to Blair that the decision was already made. So what do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 740 And right now we are going to Duff Conacher, the founder of Democracy Watch and Kent Roach, U of T professor and Pritchard Wilson chair in law and public policy. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us.
2: My pleasure. Good afternoon, Libby.
1: Great. Okay, let's start with you, Duff. What do you make of this? Uh,
3: Well, there's useful information in the complaint. Um, Obviously, it has to be investigated to determine whether it's true, and useful information despite the fact that it's filed by another applicant. Uh, It's also unclear whether the uh, ombudsman can actually investigate the premier's office um, in this kind of situation. The ombudsman's uh, mandate is broad, but at the same time is restricted to following administrative and legal rules um, by any office or ministry. And so, there are some things in the complaint that raise issues of following of rules. Um, but at the same time, this is a uh, a um, political appointment in that the cabinet makes the appointment and there aren't specific rules around the appointment process. So it is unclear whether the ombudsman actually can investigate.
1: Well, exactly. That's what I wondered about this, because at the end of the day, it is the cabinet that approves the appointment. The premier approves the appointment. Uh, So um, you know, I'm I'm not sure that interference is the right way to describe this. Uh,
3: Well, the the premier was at the final cabinet meeting uh, to make the final approval. Uh, I think that's a violation of the Members Integrity Act in and of itself, and have made that point in a complaint to Watch filed with the Integrity Commissioner last week. Uh, and then there's serious questions about, the, particularly the step of uh, the steps of changing the job description two days after it's posted. And this complaint claims that um, 23 of the 27 applicants at that point actually were had met the, the initial qualifications, and so there was really no need to change the qualifications to get a broader pool of applicants. And then secondly, um, that Ron Taverner's former boss, who was appointed by Doug Ford as a deputy minister just in October, was on the selection committee, and just so everyone's clear, A deputy minister serves at the pleasure of the premier and can be fired for any reason at any time, has no job security. So that's not a person who's really independent from the premier because uh, they are serving at the pleasure of the premier, meaning they have an incentive to please the premier.
1: Okay, let's bring in Kent Roach. Um, Kent, uh, what's your take on this? Is this a a serious
2: challenge? Yeah, I I think it is. I mean, obviously um it remains to be seen exactly what happened in the hiring process but my my concern is moving forward um, we appear to have uh, not the the clear lines that we should have between what the government can legitimately do and what it shouldn't get involved with in policing so there there were reports today that the premier has already kind of linked this issue with who is on on his, his security detail. And uh, I think that, you know, certainly with Epperwash we went down this road of having perhaps Too close and too secretive uh, government um, involvement with policing And, and, and of course this leaves you in a situation where the public doesn't have a lot of confidence or may not have a lot of confidence that the police are making the difficult decisions that they have to but without a lot of political direction or indeed political pressure.
1: Okay. And what's your take? I mean, um, uh, Duff brought up that, that actually the ombudsman may not have the authority to investigate here. And uh, it's, it's a cabinet appointment. Um, and I just want to clarify, uh, Duff, when you said that uh, there was a problem that, that Doug Ford was in the room when, when this appointment was ratified, was that just because he should have recused himself, given that he knows Tavener?
3: Uh, not just knows him, but is a close friend. Right. And so that's the members' integrity act says that you can't take part in any decision in which you could further your own interest or improperly further another person's interest. And of course, it's improper to be handing your close friend a job when it's a public sector job and and the public's money involved. Uh, and so, and also, of course. Uh, very dangerous when the job is the top cop in the province who enforces laws that apply to you as the premier and your cabinet ministers and top government officials so for all those reasons i think it was clearly improper for him to be in the room and that's a violation in and of itself and if doug ford or anyone acting on his behalf became involved in any of the other steps of the uh, appointment process it only worsens the violation
1: uh, the other question I have, so one of the things Blair pointed out was that uh, Dean French didn't even hang around to interview him. Is it proper for the Premier's Chief of Staff to be on the selection committee for this?
3: Uh, it's, it's definitely not. It's even less removed than the Deputy Minister, who Doug Ford appointed in October, Mario Di Tommaso, who was Taverner's uh, former boss. In the toronto police force and um it's a question that the claim from the cabinet has been that uh, no one involved uh political staff or cabinet ministers were involved in the selection process until the final meeting uh, of the cabinet approving it and it raises questions as to whether dean french was actually involved um given that uh according to uh, the interim commissioner blair he was told that Dean French would be at the meeting and then and then uh, found out when he arrived there that he wasn't. So yeah. lots of questions. Um, just to give an example of a, a different process, um, for the, uh, the federal government, actually, for its appointment of the RCMP commissioner, um, had a process where seven of the ten members of the selection committee came from outside of the government, and the three who were there Uh, were not, had no connection with the, uh, specifically the cabinet, and they had strict conflict of interest requirements and um, did a search that was open and transparent and merit-based to come up with candidates. And that's the kind of selection committee that should be used for choosing uh, anyone who's enforcing the law, especially, but really for all cabinet appointments. The federal uh, Trudeau cabinet did not do this for the ethics commissioner and the lobbying commissioner. who also enforced laws that that uh, apply to cabinet ministers and relate to their relationships with lobbyists. And Democracy Watch is challenging those two appointments uh, in court right now because the cabinet essentially handpicked people who watch over law them, themselves and their own uh, violations possibly and allegations of violations of the ethics and lobbying laws. So at the federal level, we have this problem as well of political interference in choosing law enforcement, uh, the heads of law enforcement and, and entities, It's a very serious issue, Uh, very damaging to our democracy, because having a rule of law where laws are enforced no no matter who you are and enforced properly based on the evidence and the rules is very important to having a a democratic good government.
1: Okay. Uh, Kent Roach, I, I know you want to jump in here.
2: Um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, just the, you know, the Premier's Chief of Staff has already been reported earlier that he was involved with, you know, comments about cannabis store uh, uh, people being in handcuffs. And so, you know, that we need civilian control of the police. But it, one of the things the Ipperwash inquiry stressed is it has to come through proper ministerial changes channels. So to me there, there's a huge difference between the deputy uh, uh, minister being in the room and the premier's chief of staff and you know my my worry and I, I agree with Duff that this is tied to the rule of law is regardless of what happens with this sort of complaint what happens when there is a crisis and the OPP makes a controversial decision where where yes that you know uh, the premier may have to be informed and the deputy minister may have a legitimate role. But how will we have public confidence that this was not dictated by either the premier or the premier's political staff? So,
1: well, let's all remember uh, remember the fight uh, with Bill Blair when he was investigating Rob Ford and, and the reaction to that. And I'm kind of wondering how much of this is the result of that
2: Well, I mean, you know, certainly, you know, this idea of populism, and we see this south of the border with President Trump, is that there's a really lack of understanding that, you know, the police uh, have to make difficult calls. We may not all agree with them, but if we start having uh, the the you know the the person in charge of the government dictating what the police should and shouldn't do, then we're getting a little bit closer to a police state, and. So, you know, my 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 worry is that there may be a lack of understanding and a lack of clarity about where these lines should be drawn. And it's not it's not helped by the fact that the government has the Ford government has uh, demonstrated that it's hostile to a new police services act that was enacted, but not yet. Uh, in force that was really designed to respond to concerns about political interference in the Upper Wash event that, that ended in Dudley George's death.
1: Okay, hang on. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen.
2: Hi, Libby.
4: Welcome back. Thank you. Um, one question no, nobody seeming to be raising, maybe it's because we're Zoomers and it's not politically correct, the man is 72 years old. They're parachuting him from the Toronto Police Force to head another police force. What does that do to the moral, morale of that police force, the OPP? Never mind the integrity. Well, his and age as they say is... to me, it looks like Doug Ford. This is payback for all the drug charges and that disappeared. His sister's kleptomania are disappearing. All that. So, well, you know, is, it, 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 is it, it is the
1: issue payback or the issue the guy's age?
4: Well, I was to say, even if the guy is squeaky clean, what what does it do to the OPP the, their morale?
1: Okay. Well, they're I think you raised two different new, points.
4: And at that age.
1: Well, what about his age, people? I know seventy-two-year-old uh, triathletes.
4: Okay. Do you want Roger Ashby coming to your station and telling Neil? And uh, Sue and Jane had to run their morning show
1: uh I, I, that's not a relevant question. I mean personally, if you ask me, I don't think his age is an issue. Those other things you raise seem um, okay. more uh, seem more relevant uh, and you're right, we're zoomers, we fight age discrimination, and uh mandatory retirement is now um, illegal. thanks Stephen. Um, let's go to our Panelists, uh, is is his age an issue for either of you?
3: Uh, not an issue for me. It's, uh, I mean, people um, can be that age and, and uh, perfectly fine running a, a police force of that size. It it is more that the job description was changed to make him qualified. Um, before uh, the job description was to yet to be a deputy chief or a chief, not just a superintendent. And that raises serious questions, again, why it was changed just two days after the job was posted. The claim was, well, to broaden the pool of applicants, but you wouldn't know after two days how many applicants you were going to have. Most job postings are posted for 30 or 60 days, and after that time you would know whether you have a sufficient pool uh, or think you do but after two days there's no way you would know that and it, that's just very serious questions raised about uh, why that decision was made the claim is that it was the executive search firm that that made it but i I just can't believe that an executive search firm would change its own just job description that had been posted two days after posting it without someone intervening uh, for some reason and that's what needs to be investigated by the integrity commissioner and possibly also by the ombuds uh, ombudsman, although, I, again, I think it's unclear whether the ombuds can investigate.
1: Okay, well, uh, Keith and Stouffville, you had a question about those changes. Oh, that was
5: what, that, yeah, he just answered what the, is that what the thing yep. was that was done to make him eligible to become, you know, the commissioner of 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 Ontario, of Ontario police.
1: Well, that's that's the uh, that's the part of the of the requirements that were changed. Uh, you know, that's not been proven. That I guess is the allegation. So it
5: was it, that was what what the uh, an original thing was. You know, that he changed something.
1: Yeah, that's they that's age. it.
5: So that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. You, you, I mean, not that the age group. But like, who made that decision in the first place? Well, well you can't. Be, you have to be a certain age before. That's uh, you know, that's not right, anyways. Um, and I think it's. I think it's a lot of left wing people that are just trying to p- pile on Doug Ford for a- anything or anything that he does. Okay. That, well, that just a minute. Know, I didn't. I'm, I'm not.
1: With. I'm not understand. You're so. What happened here was that the requirements in the job posting were right. changed. They were lowered, right? They originally it said you had to be of a higher rank than Tavener, and then it was lowered. So you're saying it was no oh, big deal? Okay. No, it, I
5: didn't know that. Okay, so that that is what it was. But this guy was talking about age too. Is it? Oh, that's, it, just was a, that's a age requirement our caller. That you, were?
1: you were just listening to one of our panelists who yeah, said or, yeah. the rank requirement was lowered. And the allegation is, or the implication is, that it was lowered so that Tavener would qualify because he was only a superintendent, not a deputy chief. And it's never
5: happened in government or any other thing that somebody got in uh, uh, that some somebody else wanted in there. You know, I guess you know. I don't think that's, you know, I I, the age thing is ridiculous, for I one agree. thing. But the other thing, too, that what he didn't have a high enough rank, he's been in the Toronto Police Force for how, how many years or whatever? I don't know. Yeah.
1: Okay, Keith, thanks for okay. that.
5: Maybe they can explain that. You know, what, why is it that, uh, you know, you have to have a certain rate uh, uh, or a or, uh, when you're in a police force you're you're supposed to have a thir- certain rank before you can run run for another office in another police force is that the, I don't understand
1: Well Anyways, usually there're good to hear
5: your voice okay Okay
1: Welcome thanks Welcome home Bye-bye. Bye 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 Well that's pretty standard that there are certain uh, requirements. Uh, So Professor Kent Roach, um, just uh, as we start to wrap this up, do you think this thing has uh, legs and uh, do you think that it will result in these investigations?
2: Yeah, I mean I, I, I think it has legs even potentially beyond the investigation whether it's by the ombuds or a legislative committee or whoever and I guess my concern going forward is um does this government understand the lines that are supposed to be uh be between uh po- politicians and the police and will the public have confidence that those lines are respected and I, and and i think that what we've heard about the hiring process suggests that there's been a blurring of lines we've heard some things from the chief of staff of premier ford that also suggests a blurring of lines yeah and he seems to have blurred
1: quite a lot that we're
2: potentially going down a very uh, uh, dangerous path.
1: And Duff Conacher, I mean, you interestingly pointed out that, uh, you know, it's not just this government, other governments. This is. Do you see this as an increasing problem, or just perhaps we're uh, uncovering it more often?
3: Uh, it's uh, running at about the same rate, actually, in terms of um, the cabinets across the country handpicking their own watchdogs. And uh, Ontario has a great system for choosing judges. It's considered to be world leading. There's an independent committee that does a search that's public, merit-based, comes up with a short list and sends it to uh, the ministry, uh, Minister of Justice, Attorney General, and the Attorney General has to choose from that short list. And that's the way to appoint these people. Anyone involved in law enforcement should be appointed in this way that, that's independent and that restricts the Cabinet's discretion. And that's the big issue, is if you do not have law enforcement agencies and watchdogs appointed in an independent way, you ended up with lapdogs. And that's very dangerous to the rule of law and to our democracy, and that's the systemic issue here. And the big issue is whether Doug Ford intervened to help a close friend of his get this job. And whether it's this job or another law enforcement job, that it's a serious issue, and and uh, the integrity commissioner will be looking into it, and it's very serious consequences. The integrity commissioner can recommend up to uh, the penalty of uh, the politician losing their seat in the house. And Democracy Watch's his position is that if Doug Ford or people on his behalf did intervene in this process for choosing the top cop in the province, that the recommendation should be that he loses his seat. That's how serious the violation is.
1: OK, well, uh, we'll have to see where it goes from here, of course, as everyone heard in the new news. Now, the opposition has taken it up. Uh, so thank you so much to Professor Kent Roach and Duff Connicker And I am assuming that we will be following developments on this. Thanks again.
0: Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.